This is Self Startup. We meet again. Welcome back to Self Startup. This is a podcast that highlights the small business owners, the self-employed and freelancers who have taken that plunge to create their own desirable lifestyle. My name is Andy Dowling. I'm also the host of the Andy Social Podcast. You can sometimes see me play bass in the Australian Middle Band Lord, and I am a dispute resolution specialist. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching at Andy Dowling, or you can head on over to selfstarter.com.au where you can learn more about yours truly, as well as anything and everything to do with the self-employment world. This episode is with Brad Wesson, owner of Bumpin' Burger, which is located in Woodvale in the northern suburbs of Perth, Western Australia. Brad, who many of you know, is one of the names behind Soundworks Direct Touring, teamed up with a professional chef whiz, Christopher Swain, to launch their own burger suburban haven. For a bit of background, Brad's own journey in the self-employment world has seen him running the music touring company Soundworks Touring for well over a decade. More recently, merging with David Haley of Direct Touring to form Soundworks Direct Touring, Brad has built a global network of contacts, talents and insights that have continued to build his own personal knowledge and skill sets. Over these years of slogging it out all over the world, he's now positioned himself to be able to take the plunge and launch his own burger joint, even though Brad has no experience whatsoever in hospitality since being a kitchen hand in his teens. Since the launch of Bumpin' Burger in February 2018, the team has seen dramatic success in their local area, and through Brad's wider network has actually attracted attention globally, with international musicians stopping in for a meal when they come through Perth on tour. Their real impact, however, has been through their efforts in contributing to their local area, which ensures that the suburb of Woodvale feels that Bumpin' Burger is their own. It's this collective project that has formed a passionate loyalty with many regulars coming in each week to grab their favourite specials before they sell out, which happens quite often. This is a great chat with Brad where we talk about the build-up to the launch, getting it over the line with some healthy encouragement from Brad's wife, how they managed to achieve what they have in 2018, and also their efforts to package up and strengthen the business as quickly as possible, which we'll get to more soon. There's lots to come from Brad in the Bumpin' Burger business rolling into 2019, so if you're ever in Perth, be sure to head north and grab a burge. As always, you can grab all the links and resources, including my key takeaways, which will come after our chat, in the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au. You can check out Bumpin' Burger by going to bumpinburger.com or search for Bumpin' Burger on Facebook and Instagram. But for now, please enjoy this really, really great chat with Brad Wesson of Bumpin' Burger. G'day, my name's Brad Wesson. Um... I'm the owner of Soundworks Direct Touring, co-owner, I should say, with my good mate Dave Haley, and I'm also the owner of Bumpin' Burger um, Restaurant in Perth, Western Australia, which is our our, uh, our newest baby, only uh, nine months old now. Yeah, still still early days. Yeah, very early. We're um, we're still pooing in our nappies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where did? I mean, we've spoken in the past about this, and I think when we last spoke, um, it was prior to launching. You were getting really close, but where did the where did the concept or the idea come from? Like, what was there a light bulb moment where you thought, you know, I really want to get into like making a little burger burger shop? You know what? It was a moment where, uh, and I'll be, I'll just be totally frank. It was, it was, it was a moment where the touring game we were doing all right, and I thought, what if uh, there's a time when we're not? And I was up one night, and I was stoned and drunk and all that stuff, and I, and I just, you know, sitting there, <laughs> and I thought, mm, and I got a pen and paper, and I just wrote down this idea for a, um, a restaurant and just a concept. 
and forgot about it. Next morning, I woke up, was still sitting there. I looked at it, and went, oh, "That's not a bad one, dumbass." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and my wife, uh, you know, she hears all my hair brain schemes and went, "That's that's actually a a good one." So we identified a location and watched it for a little while. Um, it had been empty. We watched that go down. You know, that I knew the right time to go and negotiate a good rent deal and. Yeah, we kind of just came up with a concept. I gathered a few like-minded people that were experts in their field in this area. Um, and I'd never opened a restaurant. I uh, hadn't done anything since being a dishwasher when I was 16. And just thought, all right, cool. And we put a team together and nailed it. And we were still oh, we were still working out our employees up to 10 days, seven to 10 days before we opened, which looking back on it now was, it was just lunacy. You know? <laughs> well, I think, I think when we spoke last year and you were, I think, you at that stage had said, oh, I think within the month or so, you're hoping to, to open it up. But I think it's it took a little bit longer than that. And I it think did. it was just one of those cases where just nothing nothing goes to plan or exactly the way that you hope and you just have to sort of roll with it. Oh, yeah, man. I think that, that was November last year yeah. we spoke, I think. And we ended up opening on Feb 14th yeah. uh, this year. And I think I, I was doing things like it was almost like a bit of buyer's remorse. I was thinking, oh, no, it's too close to Christmas. Oh, no, it's just after the new year. Um, oh, I'll wait and get this little bit of equipment and stuff like that. And then um, my wife, to quote her exactly, she goes, let's get moving. There's not enough urgency here. Yeah. And I just went, oh, I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pull your finger out. And we just yeah, we ripped it together in those last three weeks and just went, oh, let's just open now. And I think we kind of stumbled into it with the social media stuff. We were forced to kind of drop this on people like four days before and it just went ballistic. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's uh, from the day we opened to this week, which has been our biggest week so far, it's just been steady the whole time because we knew we were putting something into an area where it didn't exist and we knew that we were, we were about to give people something they didn't know they wanted yet. And that that's what's worked. Well, I think, I mean, I just quickly scribbled down what your wife just said because I think that's such an amazing quote. I mean, yeah. just it's one of those things where I think a lot of us sort of hold off for that perfect moment, the perfect timing, the perfect climate. Everything just falls into yeah. place and then you go, all right, now I'm comfortable and then I'll, I'll yeah. roll into whatever that plan is and execute it. But half the time, yeah. those, those, those set of circumstances never happen. And... And exactly. It would be 10 years later, 20 years later, and become this regret that you go, oh, nah, well, and then there's a bunch of excuses that sort of fall into place as to why it never happened. And, you know, just to say there's there's not enough urgency um, just basically yeah. means, you know, let's let's just get moving. We'll, we'll work it out as we go. So, just open it up and, and we'll roll with it. And and that's exactly it, Andy. And sometimes it takes someone outside looking in. Mm. You know, I was that immersed in it, you know, whereas my wife, she was able to sort of, come home each day and go, where you at, where you at? And then see it from like overlooking type thing and go, why hasn't this been done? You know, type thing. And yeah, I, as, as someone who likes to, you know, own things, whether it's a, a positive thing or a negative, it, it's, it was one of those, oh shit, I've got to pull my finger out, you know, type thing. And uh, yeah, that just had a snowball effect across the whole, the whole team that was putting it together and we were forced to do it. And we kind of just, um, we, we, we launched on the fly like that. Uh, and it was, I think it worked for us rather than against us because the momentum hasn't stopped. What was what do you think it was that helped with that launch? I mean, obviously being this sort of last minute rush and this, this urgency yeah. around it, but was there something that you think sort of looking back now that you think that was that was probably the main sort of element that helped make that launch successful? 
Well, we knew we knew the location was awesome. We knew the product was awesome because that is one thing we've been focusing on, and that's where we got bogged down was is the food. We know it's awesome, but yeah, you know, people are going to think the same as us, and oh, we'll tweak this, we'll tweak that. But we always knew that the product was awesome, and yeah, we knew our marketing and branding was about to kick ass as well. Um, that we had put a lot of effort into. And so when all those elements came together, there was the, the conversations a couple of times, like we've got a bit of a perfect storm on our hands here, you know, so um, it'll either be a whopping success or we're going to be a, a failure straight up. And we didn't think there was going to be a grey area and that's pretty much what happened. So as it rolled out, I just kind of thought, oh, shit, I better learn to use social media better than I do <laughs> right now. So, you know, um, yeah, and that's – I was told by a friend of mine – who's had more success uh, in certain areas than I have um, and is very humble down to earth person. He goes, the most, you, you will get the most out of this by being yourself. Mm. And so I've taken that approach to the social media, like, you know, I don't have a problem ripping on myself. I don't have a problem ripping on those around me or, or anything like that. Or just, you know, we, we uh, the photos in that, say, for example, that we'll put up on Instagram or Facebook, I don't have a professional do them because we see ourselves as a punk rock restaurant you know, uh, compared to the, the glitzy, some of them that are all hipstery and, you know, your deaf heaven of restaurants and yeah. <laughs> whatever and, and stuff like that. But we just looked at ourselves. We're happy to be the punk rock people in the food industry. That's who we are and it's what we are and it just we've, we, it's an extension of who we are. So I think that's what's worked for us too is people know that when you see a post from us, it's just real. You know, we're not, we're not trying to sell you, oversell you something. We're not trying to pimp shit it's like this is what we got this is what we do well if you want it come get it and i mean i i know a lot about nothing and so especially when it comes to like business but i guess from my own experiences and looking at the way businesses operate and the way that they communicate with people and put themselves out there and in the past it was always about the hard sell you just put yourself out there and keep telling people and convincing people that you've got to buy whatever you've got to offer and yeah i mean the way that you communicate online and even like sort of leading up where you had a few delays, you guys were still teasing bits and pieces of information. You're letting people walk along with, with you guys as you guys were trying to yeah. work it out and get, you know, it was part of that journey. But I think also, I mean, I, I haven't been to that part of Perth, but you guys are in, I think it's the northern suburbs. So Yeah, in Woodvale. Well, I, I've lived out there for like about 15 years. Yeah, so I'm assuming... Well, I was just going to say, assuming like just looking at the way that you communicate, and it's very sort of authentic and, and, and just genuine and there's no fluff about it. You haven't got this professional copy that a lot of, you know, um, bigger businesses would, you know, pay a marketing agency to do. And there's obviously the professional photos. I mean, the photos are actually pretty good considering what, what you just said, but um, oh, I think... They're all iPhones. <laughs> oh, there you go. The technology is amazing. But it, it, yeah. I think that appeals to sort of the suburbia sort of everyday Joe as well, who's going to be in the area exactly. and... And that's going to bring them to your business. It, it, it's 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 got this warm appeal where it's like on the same level. It's not some something that's high and mighty or you know a little bit hipster or anything like that. No, 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 no. Um, we have elements of everything. You yeah, know, like um, there, there'll be parts of that like you know some, some the cool crew can come in and feel like this is their place. Um, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith from down the road can come in with their kids, one of them in a pram, and park it up there, and it's their place too. Um, you know, kids want to come after school and grab a feed. That yep, it's your place too. And we wanted, um, much like we did with the touring company back in the day, when we realised that everyone buying tickets, this is this is their company more than it is ours. I, I wanted the restaurant to belong to the community. You know, like I want them to feel like it's ours. And we see on Facebook if someone 
gives us a negative review, which is they're rare. But if someone does, I'll sit back. I don't have to say a word because these these awesome people will jump in and they'll defend their restaurant in their community, you know, and it's, and it's awesome and I love them for it and I think they enjoy the shit out of it as well, so, you know, so it's um it's really cool. I, it's exactly what we wanted and it's happened very, very organically. There's not a lot of posts that we pay to boost. Um, it, we do with certain ones that we think are, you know, need a wider spread and more people should know about it, for, but for – all intents and purposes, we know we've got a great product, and if we just put it out there, people will go and spread by the word of mouth, which is still, to this day, the most effective way of doing something. Yeah, and I, for I, me. Oh, I, well, I think it's I think it's shared by a lot of people out there. I think word of mouth is still the thing that yeah, you know, people just keep going back to. I think you you can get all these new sort of um, ideas of of trying something that's a little bit outside the box, but I think everyone still gravitates back towards that organic sort of. I mean, in the end especially with so much noise these days, I mean, there's so much crap in mm. your face, you know, you're really going to take the recommendation of somebody that you trust being a friend or a family yep. member or anything like that over whatever is showing up in your newsfeed or on a TV screen or whatever it might be. So the word of mouth is just so underrated, but I think because it's not always glitzy and exciting and, and something that's brand new and outside the box that a lot of people shy away yeah. from it, but um, yeah, people keep going back to it. Yeah, most definitely. And the, the word of mouth doesn't have to be a physical presence, you know, like you don't just have to be at your mate's house. Like that that's cool, uh, face to face like that. But, you know, people, word of mouth nowadays does involve, you know, posting it on your own personal page or commenting somewhere or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, and you, you can't, there's no point bullshitting a bullshitter. So, you know, we, we never wanted to insult our customer base, like in regards to, the selling side of things because people are smart. They know when they're being sold mm. bullshit and you can't insult them like that. And that plays a lot into why we post the things we do and how we do it is, you know, I'll sit there and read something and go, oh, does that look a little bit corny? And, you know, <laughs> I, I want it to be a little bit funny and a bit quirky, but I don't want it to sound like some corny bullshit. So, you know, the, yeah, so I'll, I'll pay attention to that. Um, and I think, yeah, if the minute if I ever got some feedback going, oh, man, this guy's full of shit or something like that, I would look at that and take it on board very seriously, you know, more than I would sort of almost like a criticism of the food because, yeah, I don't, I don't ever want to insult people's intelligence in that way because, uh, yeah, I know when I'm being bullshitted too, so I just presume everyone else does. Yeah, I think so. And and going back to what you said before where people, you know, you, you want people to get to a point where they feel like your place is their place. And so they, totally. they go into battle for you whenever there's criticism yeah. in the public domain. And it's sort of like, it's like the footy team mentality. You know, you, you pick your team and yeah. it's, it can be generational where, you know, it doesn't matter who, who joins the team and leaves the team, it's the team. And yeah. that's part of their colors and it's their pride, it's their identity. And so if you can, if you can create a business around that and get people to gravitate towards that and feel a part of it, then, um, yeah. You know that that's 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 the gold right there, and so for people to be able to call you out and say, "No, nah, that that's not right," or or, or yeah. I do identify with that, then you know you really got to pay attention to what what the people are saying. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, if someone says, "Have you guys considered?" or "Do you will you do?" or something like that, if enough people say that, we definitely will take that on board. We did it recently with the buns. You know, we liked this particular supplier and the buns. They thought that we were getting a bit. Of, oh, these are a bit too sweet. And we changed them. And I dragged that out through three weeks of just weaning it in. 
And because I, I wanted to see if anyone said anything. And we had one customer out of what, 700 a week mm-hmm. that said, Oh, have you guys changed your buns? And I just said, We have well picked up on. We had to listen to our, our people because people, quite a few people were saying they were too sweet. And this lady came back and just went, Oh, okay, understood. They're still awesome. <laughs> and I was just Perfect. like, There's only one way to handle that, and that yeah. was to be transparent. So. Um, yeah, had there been blowback the other way, we would have looked into that too. But um, there's some of the things you, when you start one of these things up, you know, that you have to wrestle with, you know. So, it's, and, um, yeah. But I, but I think being you, transparent is like is is half the battle. I think when when you're honest with people and you explain behind the scenes, I think people appreciate it as well. They get to learn a little bit about what's happening on the other side of the counter. Like there's a bit of a mechanics behind it, and one oh, um, And so they're more engrossed, they're more invested into it, and so suddenly there's more there's more understanding or, um, or being more open-minded to whatever changes you might, you might end up doing. Yeah, definitely. And I mean that, that so the, basically the concept of bumping is, is an extension of my house in a way, like where we've always loved having people there. I love cooking for people, whether it's like cooking stuff or, or whatever. And I just thought, you know, we love listening to music and playing music around their instruments and that. So we thought, how can we make that people feel like that when they come here? And that's what we wanted to have. And a couple of months ago, my wife said to me, she was standing in the restaurant, she goes, this is always how you've wanted the back shed to look, isn't it? I was like, yeah, pretty much. You've got it now. <laughs> so, yeah, right. So we have the open kitchen where everyone can see into the kitchen. And, yeah. you know, I had a chef there in the early days. He didn't like that. He goes, oh, I don't like that everyone's watching me. I said, but that's the idea. I said, you know, people are into cooking. People are into food. They want to know about this shit. They want to see that idea. I like the idea that people can go, oh, that's my burger sitting right there coming out. You know, and I've just watched it get cooked on that grill over there. And, you know, our youngest junior employees through to myself, we, we love that idea. You get to have some banter with the customers. And when they're leaving, you know, you, you're yelling out, catch you later, and half them so-and-so, you know, because you know their names and all this stuff. And that all resonates. And that, that all adds. And it, none of it's try hard. It's exactly what I'd do if someone's leaving my house. Like, you know, catch you later, mate. See you next time. So it's, yeah. And I know all that people like that. So and I hear one of the young kids doing it, and I walk past with high five and go, that's brilliant. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, so, but, but that's it. And I think then people get that sense. There's something, you know, where people can pick up on as a common theme that we're talking about is just being sort of authentic yeah. and, and genuine about what you love and what you're, what you're interested in doing. And so if people can walk into an environment where it's an extension of somebody's personality and what they love to do, then people are going to feed yeah. off that. It, it's just, there's a bit of energy there. There's a bit of electricity around it. But it totally, man. And we, you know, something that brought that to our attention was Spotify because we had some people coming in and not people that would listen to the same music that we do with the heavy stuff and that. And they're like, oh, I love coming in here and hearing this music you guys play. What actually is it? You know, it was like, oh, that was Cannibal Corpse. And <laughs> I mean, some lady in her 40s, and, oh, so you've got a Spotify account. I was like, yeah, um, you know, the idea is that eventually we're going to set this up so that you can get access to it too. And she goes, yeah. oh, so we can listen to what you guys listen to while we're cooking at home? Like, that's the exact idea. That's and cool. I remember walking away from that conversation, just go, that's so bloody cool. Like, you know, I didn't, that wasn't on the agenda, but it, it's <laughs> happened and it's great. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I certainly, I mean, I've seen that, especially early days of Spotify and you walk into a store and they had, you know, the tight asses would have their freebie account. So you'd hear that that annoying advertising that'd pop in every, you know, five or 10 minutes or whatever. But, um, you know, a lot of the time you don't know what's played. And I think when, you know, I've, I've seen a couple of businesses that have done a really good job. They've had like a little iPad or a small screen that's, uh, synced up to Spotify 
that actually shows yeah. the artist that's playing at that time. So people are sort of walking through the store. That's what we're look, doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they can look yeah. over and go, oh, that's what it is. And then they can pull that's out their phone exactly and it. search for it themselves. Yeah. Well, you mentioned team sports before. I actually put the small TV in there on top of the fridge in the dining room because we wanted to watch the grand final and I needed to see Collingwood win, which didn't happen. But <laughs> And that's why I put it in there. And it was like, oh, why don't we get a keyboard? And why don't we get this USB thing and this program? Yeah, next thing we know, yep, Spotify's up. Perfect. Music's all blaring through there. And it was just one thing led to another. And it was just, we all laughed. It's just like, man, things just happen in this place when they're meant to. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Yeah, that organic thing. Absolutely. Um, one thing that you said right at the beginning of this chat, and I've, and I've just yeah. I've, I've pinned on it because I think it's really, really important. It's something that I struggle with uh, quite a bit myself. But you mentioned, I mean, yes, okay, you had this idea, this concept, and you know, obviously having an idea and executing it are two different things altogether. But you mentioned that you, haven't, you had no experience running any sort of food outlet. Or you know, no, you, you, were, no, you were a dish no, hand no. years and years ago as a, as a kid, yep. uh, but nothing in between. And you talked about surrounding yourself with people that knew what they were doing. So, I mean, I, I've known you for quite a few years, and you know, you've yep. done a lot of traveling all over the world. You've met all sorts of different people, all walks of life. Um, what what sort of approach do you take with people that you meet in your travels? Because I I get the feeling from just speaking with you and knowing you that you are a curious person and I think you dig in under the surface and it's not just about, I mean, your domain for so many years has been music, but yeah. it's not just about, Oh, well, I'm talking to somebody who is a promoter or, you know, a venue booker or a musician or whatever it might be. It's what else does this person have? Like what are, what other skills do they have? And is that, am I on the money with this? Because I'm, I'm thinking like, in a way, did you yeah, lean out because... to these people that you'd met over the years and gone, I need to find somebody who's good at this, good at that, has experience in these sort of things. Totally. I, I knew I knew that I knew what I wanted, and I knew it, it, this, this this vision. You know? And I think something that people miss nowadays, you know, I think if you had a vision or whatever back in the day, you were called a gunner or a dreamer or something like that. Whereas, you know, nowadays it's more accepted that you, you've got a vision. And if you don't, if you if you don't have that vision, then what are you going to execute? You know, like type thing. So mm. to have the vision is key, and then to look at that and go, right, I can't do all these things. But I know what I would need to fill all those parts and then to yeah, recognise uh, and identify some of the awesome people around you that you know and go, hey, would you be interested in? And a lot of people get lost at that point because, you know, oh, I can't possibly ask that person or sound too forward. Like, screw that. Ask that person because you don't know what they're going to say. Mm. And that's what happens with me. Like, I, I went to our chef and I said, man, I thought she did a cafe and a few other things and it just didn't work. What if we went into this, I provided these finances, this idea, you put this team together to execute this? The answer was a unanimous yes. From there, it was like, right, I need my account. I need this guy who knows more about marketing than me. I need all these people around me to go boom. And you pay them. You pay them more than you probably think you should because they're worth it. That all comes back. Yeah. You know, so you spend money to make money. And that, you know, people look at their account or their marketing guy or their promo guy with a lawyer and go, oh, that's exorbitant, I'm not paying that. Well, then you sit there and do what you're going to do or, or go fail at your shit, you know, because that's what's going to happen. You know, so that whole concept. And um, to me, when I'm traveling, man, everyone is a potential friend or partner. Mm. You just never know. Yeah. You never know. You know, you never know where a relationship's going to take you. Um, 
you know, and you know this too, Andy, you've travelled to enough places and that too and met enough interesting people. You know that that's, that's half the fun out of all these businesses. That's probably the thing I've got most out of my entire life is is people. <laughs> that's probably the most fruitful thing. You know? well, so Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I completely agree. And that's and I think that's why I sort of even when you mentioned it earlier, I just yeah. it's sort of it's sort of stuck in my head because I thought it's it's similar to the way that I sort of look at things and, and it's more highlighted now doing this yeah. podcast and the other podcasts as well and just understanding the potential in others. And it's not yep. and totally. as you said, well, it's course. like it's not just on you know from a business opportunity but just friendships i mean for me for years it was just about trying to get a global network of people that i could rock up in any corner of the world and i'd be able to find someone to have a drink with and it was it was was nothing it was nothing more than that it was it was just it was nothing more than that it was so basic (laughs) i'm trying to explain that to my kids the other day like yeah, you know, I could go to forty countries and I could hang out with. <laughs> and my my son just looks at me and goes back to his Xbox like, "Yeah, brilliant, Dad." Whatever. So you'll get it one day. <laughs> but yes, man, I still have that mentality. But you know, um, you, you just don't know. And I mean, you become more refined and yeah. business-like or whatever you, whatever your path is, you want to go down. But that still means the world to me. That a, a new an old friend I've known for ten years. If I go to Japan, may introduce me to a new guy who I go. Wow, that's right. We're mates now. <laughs> so, yeah, you just never know. That never stops, and that's that's a beautiful thing. And I think, I mean, one thing that I've found is that instead of trying to find qualities in other people that I can leverage off, it's it's also around what, like, because I'm always trying to work out what my value is, and so I'm always scrutinising yeah. myself. And so after a while, you start. What to, can I give? Yeah, absolutely, and yeah. you sort of reverse it. And so now it's like. Yes, I get to go and have a drink with somebody in some corner of the of the world and in this weird dingy bar. But at the same time, I then I learn their story. I learn a little bit more about them, and then suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, actually, I know somebody that you might be interested. You might be interested in talking to, or I can hook you up totally. with this, or whatever yeah. it might be. And then so suddenly yep. you've got a little bit more value that you can give to somebody else. And um, once that sort of that light bulb went off in my head, I thought, oh, yep. yeah, the world's so much different now. <laughs> it's so much. It's, it, it's there's cool, so much man. more potential. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm just stoked to be having that this particular part of this conversation because there are a lot of people that don't get it, you know, and um, yeah, I'm people in my own extended family that'll just go, oh yeah, but you know, it's not Australia, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. But yeah. It, yeah, but that totally, man. I I, I am. Uh, I was saying this with Dave the other day with, with the Soundwork stuff. Like we're in a good position. We're doing well with our respective businesses. All this stuff. We get as much enjoyment out of dragging up people around us now and going, what's the point of doing all this shit if you don't have other people around you and, and you see them start to succeed? That That is an amazing feeling to see that. And it's not any sort of virtue thing. It's just a, like, oh, this is awesome. This can only make things stronger moving forward, like almost society-wise, you know, if, you, if you're making people's lives better around you. stuff. So, and... Yeah, if, if someone I meet makes my life better, I almost feel obliged. Like, what can I do for you? Absolutely, you know, type thing. Yeah, and it's not it's not a monetary thing. It's it's like it's it's literally a, a personal thing. That's right. It's it's the yeah. it's it's the non tangibles that make the difference. And yeah, and and it's, sometimes it's not even obvious, and it's not something that you sort of pick up on or you have complete awareness in the moment. It's usually after the fact. No. But um. But like anything, you know, the more that you you practice it, the more that you can identify it, and it's such a such a game changer. 
One thing that I've noticed in sort of more recent times is that uh, you guys have extended out and you're trying to hit a couple of different audiences as far as appeal for attracting different types of crowds to to the business. And you've got your vegan nights now on Monday night. Yeah, that's going well. Like we introduced there the Satan and all that sort of stuff, which you know, could only go one way, you know, with the, the little balls of it. So Satan's balls and everyone's, you know, a little thing we call, oh, do we or don't we? But we, everyone, everyone gets it. Everyone can have a laugh, you know, with it or whatever. But actually, it was just this week I threw one up yesterday going because I thought, oh, shit. I don't think – I think lots of the, the meat crew – thinking oh it's only a vegan night so i had to go back and readdress that and like hey meatheads you know we haven't forgotten about you <laughs> you know you're still welcome but we got you all covered <laughs> yeah so yeah but um yeah that i mean we actually the vegan stuff we do even though we're not vegans ourselves we're like it's the same as any other anything else on the menu if we're gonna do it, it's got to be awesome mm. like it's got to be the best we can possibly do so we sat there for a few weeks like working with flavor profiles and that going right I would sit down and eat that regardless of whether I ate meat or not. I would eat that because yeah. it's just, it's flavorsome. And that whole idea of serving bland vegan food, like screw that. If that was all we were, we could do, then we wouldn't do it. Wouldn't like, so, but we, we know we got a good product. Um, yeah. Hopefully they embrace it and, and, and come harder because we have to think it's some of the best vegan food in Perth for what it is. But, and yeah, that's only our two cents. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, hey, if, you know, you may as well uh, back your product up and, you know, so yeah. it's, it's good to it's good to have the confidence there. And obviously the, at, like anything, like we were saying before, you know, the, the locals are going to be the ones that will tell you yes or no. Yeah, totally, man. If they don't like it, that's fair enough. And we, we won't do it. We'll, we'll take the message. But if they do like it and support it, then we're going to keep doing it. Are there things that you've done over the, over the past nine months where you've had to tweak things as far as certain things that haven't worked? Um, you know, any trial and error sort of decisions as far as opening hours or um, just different approaches operation from an operation point of view with the business that you've had to sort of go, oh, let's let's pivot a little bit and take a different tactic? Uh, not as far as the main menu goes. Everything that's on there and sits there today and sells and it's great, but uh, Operations-wise, we're always tweaking it to to just, to just make that system the best it could possibly be. Um, like at the moment, we're going through like you know a packaging thing. So you know you'll package your system so that you know if you want to sell your business, it's a latchkey sort of thing. Yeah. You know, someone comes in, there's your financials, there's the system. Um, we're just refining that. Not that we're looking to sell or anything like that. We're we just it just pays to have all that in order because it also makes your operation run much smoother day to day. And that that's in turn, that's what allows me to distance myself from it. Should I ever need to, if I have to go out on the road or if I just want to take a week off or whatever, you know, so it's um that, that allows me to be able to do that and concentrate on other business interests and also family and friends. So um, yeah, having your operation refined and honed is very important, but as far as yeah, the menu goes, no. Um, but yeah, the operation is a daily, yeah, sort of tightening. Yeah, a bit of trial and error along the way. Yeah, totally. The, totally. I, I won't make too much of a point on this because I reckon I could go off on a tangent and just cheer your ear off <laughs> in the next several hours. But, I mean, just this point that you just made about packaging your business, I've never yeah. had anybody, at least on this podcast to date, talk about this. And I'm just having a guess because I've never done anything of the such myself. But going through that process, I mean, you mentioned that it's good to do it anyway to make sure that everything's in order and where it should be. But no doubt it would probably... Yeah open up or expose a lot of holes in the business and areas 100%. to improve. And so yep. it probably sets best practices in very early in the piece instead of later on where you've got 
bad habits that have just been festering for a long period exactly. of time. It's just it's yep. just really really good as far as keeping the business healthy. Well, we we knew that we we had certain things that were really really good, mm. and then we had some things we thought we could do better. So a good friend of mine. Uh, Zoe runs a, a wonderful operation in, uh, in Melbourne called Zoe Projects. Um, she's tied in with like Unify, all this sort of stuff, and a bunch of bunch of other stuff outside of that. But she's been in uh, the hospital game for twenty odd years and um, is over in Melbourne now. So we flew her in and said, "Look, you haven't known us for the last twenty five years. Pull this thing apart." <laughs> and you know, a few people in the in the operation panicked, like, "Oh, we're we going down." It's like, no, no, no. And they're like, oh, you know, we've worked in business before. Will you bring in someone like that if, if things aren't right? You know, kitchen nightmare style. It's like, no, it's not that. We want to, we want what we're doing right to be pointed out. Yeah. And we want what we're not doing right to be pointed out so we can change that and not change those. And that's exactly what happened. And that's where the first sort of phase of packaging the business properly came through. So the, the best way to find out is to put yourself under the microscope. Think, think of when you write songs. Right, and oh, that's great. You're jamming out with mates, that's sick. When you get in the studio and you're under the microscope, it's a different beast. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> so, right, so you fucking, oh, shit, everything's got to be right. So, that's exactly the same thing there. So, okay, the only way we're going to improve is put ourselves under the microscope and have, have ourselves critiqued, you know, in that way. So, um, and that it's apart from opening the business, it's the best thing I've done for the business. I think it, I mean, doing that. it would just give you thicker skin and give you like a real totally. healthy yeah. sense of detachment from the business itself. As you said, like if something goes wrong, then yeah. it's prepared in a way that you can make quick decisions and you're not so emotionally invested in it that you it just drags you down. So you can, if yeah. need be, in a, in a worst case scenario, you can detach yourself in a manner that will, you know, uh, there will be the most healthy of options in that set of circumstances. Yeah, most definitely. That's exactly what it is, Andy. In a nutshell, that's exactly what it is. You know, it's um, yeah. You know, you, to to be able to run the business, it's hard to run a business if you're in the business. Mm. You know, so you have to sort of extract yourself from the business to see it from outside to run it most efficiently and operate it. You know, I, I love doing shifts down there. I'll go down there and wash dishes. I don't care. It, it's you know, it. I like just being part of the crew every now and then for a couple of hours a week, and you know, all that sort of stuff. Or you know, going in and just getting on the grill because I love to cook and hanging out with a couple of chefs and some bozos in a kitchen is, is actually quite entertaining as heck because it, it can get, you know. So it's, but it's fun. We, you know, we're listening to music. You know, we're having a beer. We're cooking. It's, it's kind of what I'd be doing at home anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's that kind of thing. And, you know, we've got good people there. Um, but, yeah, when you take yourself out of it and, you know, you go home, you sit front spreadsheets and things and you're just brainstorming ideas, riffing, basically. Yeah. Uh, it's no different. Um, yes, and you, you're throwing shit at a wall. Some things you know are going to work, some aren't. But I think people get scared of, you know, oh, I've come up with a thousand ideas and none of them work. Yeah, what about that one that does? That's right. Yeah. You know? You're, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what you're looking for, the one that does. So don't ever be afraid of throwing thousands of ideas, shitty ideas at the wall, because that one that comes up, that's your click moment. It'll, it'll make everything else worth it. Yeah, totally. Totally. That's a bit of tenacity, you know. So speaking of ideas, what's the next few months or the next few, like the next 12 months or, or beyond? What, what, what are some of the ideas or something that you can, I mean, a lot of stuff you probably can't discuss, oh, we'll but what, into, what, what are you thinking about? We'll, we'll go into uh, off-site stuff now. So um, both, you know, marquee festival type stuff and we want to sort of add a food truck to it as well. 
so that that's what will start to roll out next year. And we'll bring breakfast in in the new year as well on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, they're probably the, the biggest things around that. And then obviously, yeah, with the other side of the touring company that next year is probably one of the most hectic years we've ever had. So, yeah, that'll all become very, very apparent in the next probably two weeks. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. I, I'm just so impressed. I mean, after after speaking last year, and it was all sort of in the works as where it was all going, but um, to yeah. see it actually launch and the success of the way that you guys position yourselves online, you communicate with everybody, um, you, you almost create a sense of urgency with the way that you talk about uh, you know, particular pieces of uh, you know, your menu selling out as well. So there's, there's this ongoing demand there and people wanting to get out there and get out there quickly to get particular items on a, on a, on a day during the week. It's just, it's, you've created this little beast there and, um, and yeah. just some of those ideas going into, into next year is definitely going to make, uh, make the business bigger and better. Yeah, definitely, man. And that's it. You know, we just, um, you know, maybe it does have a, a ceiling on it because um, we, we only are a small type premises. You know, so, um, you know, we can only fit so many cooks in the kitchen, so to say. But, um, yeah, we're definitely willing to, to push it to its limits. Yeah. Um, coming from an extreme background, it's, it's, uh, yeah, we'll push it to the extremes. So. <laughs> I, love it. I love it, man. Well, um, thank you so much. I'm going to link to Bumping Burger if everyone's, anyone's in Perth. Um, then they should uh, head north and uh, drop in for a for a berge, and um, I'll I'll dump all the links a in the berge. show notes as well. I haven't heard that one before. Is that a Sydney thing? Oh, I don't know. Berge? Yeah, maybe it's an East Coast thing. I don't know. Or maybe or maybe maybe it's an Andy thing. I don't know. But I, I yeah, I find myself saying berge way too often. But uh, there you go. So if the you want berge. a berge, <laughs> get on over. Head to the burbs for a burge. <laughs> there you go. There's a, there's a tagline for you. <laughs> oh, man. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Brad from Bump In Burger. If you want to check out more of the business, you can go to bumpinburger.com or you can search for Bump In Burger on Facebook or Instagram. As always, you can check out the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au where I'll have everything to do with this chat, including my key takeaways. Number one, what's your backup plan? Bumpin' Burger came from Brad wondering if his touring business ever went away, what would his backup plan be? Not all of us may be thinking of a second business to create to protect the first. However, sometimes a solid fallback plan is a great way to take the pressure off and provide you with options and flexibility. Even better if your backup plan becomes just as successful. Number two, pull your finger out. Brad's wife said it best, let's get moving, there is not enough urgency. This has been a common theme with self-starters, sometimes being stuck in the concept and the idea leaves you missing your window of opportunity due to waiting for the perfect set of circumstances to get started. Brad knew that it was getting to a point where he just needed to open the doors and work the rest out as it went. In this case, Brad's wife having the outside perspective was the one to smack some sense into him. Number three, make the community feel like it's theirs. Brad is absolutely nailing it when it comes to advocacy. He said that his aim for Bumpin' Burger was to make it feel like the community owned it. As a result, he's seen faithful supporters jumping in online when any unfair criticism is displayed. Now, corporates pay massive, massive dollars to create campaigns that breed this level of advocacy, but Brad has seen the same results from his grassroots, community-entrenched approach and his reputation in how he conducts business. Bumpin' Burger is something that the local area can truly be proud of. 
Number four, become a people person. Now, I understand that we might not all be social butterflies, but we should always be open to create new relationships and nurture existing ones. This can have obvious business advantages, but it also has a great impact on your own self-development. This point has a lot packed into it, but Brad's approach of everyone as a potential friend or business partner is a fantastic way to approach life in general. Number five, don't play with amateurs, recruit professionals. Brad is a firm believer of investing in himself and other people. The old saying of you get what you pay for rings absolutely true. Paying a premium for professionals such as accountants, bookkeepers, staff, contractors, and consultants will see your return on investment a hell of a lot quicker and lift the bar on your own expectations, operation, and vision. Surround yourself with excellence and please do not hesitate to pay for it. Last one, number six, package it and put a bow on it. One of the first things that Brad did was look to package up his business and scrutinize all facets of operation. Now, normally this happens when you're looking to sell up, but Brad's approach was to do this really early in the piece so that he could identify any bias, bad habits, and get a professional independent assessment on everything that he was doing. This is a great way to remove the emotion, have a healthy detachment, and identify not only areas of strength, but the areas of opportunity. And we're done. Six key takeaways. I ramped it up this episode. So as always, you can go to the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au to check out those takeaways and all the links and resources. You can also go to bumpinburger.com or search for Bumpinburger on Facebook and Instagram. But we're done. Another fortnight, another episode. Thank you so much for the ongoing support, the guest recommendations, the feedback. It keeps me fueled, keeps me motivated. It means a hell of a lot to me. So until next fortnight, folks, keep stepping forward, keep chipping away at that bigger goal, and we will speak soon. Time, time. Larry. Larry, please.